Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the Prophet since God revealed the anointing he has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory that he has assigned me that I pray will be done on a weekly basis. The purpose of this podcast is to share the Word of God in a prophetic way under the anointing of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to what he would have me to speak to the listeners, you, his sons and daughters. You can help and support this podcast in two ways. First, tell all of your family, friends, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server through this title. Secondly, as God leads you, your prayers, love, and support will always be needed and greatly appreciated. You can show your financial support through Cash App, dollar sign, Beatrice Valerie Nero. That's dollar sign, capital B, E-A-T-R-I-C-E, capital V, A-L-L-E-R-O-Y, capital N-E-R-O. Or PayPal me, Beatrice Valerie Nero, as Sister B. Nero. That's S-I-S, capital B, capital N-E-R-O. You can also reach me with questions and comments by email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at C-H-A-R-T-E-R dot net. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at www.amiteagle.com. Until now, I've been sending the podcast to friends and families through text, email, messenger, WhatsApp, and Facebook. I will continue to do so, but I need each of you to let me know if and when you receive the episodes in order to assure that you are receiving them. Also remember, if for some reason the podcast doesn't come through, again, you can reach This is the Voice of the Prophet on any podcast server. Thank you and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. This week's episode is entitled, And You Call Yourselves Christians. This message is for every Christian that's in support of what occurred on January 2nd of this year on my Facebook page, as well as what occurred on January 6th in the capital of this nation. Let's get started. On Friday, January 1st, During my prayer and devotion time, the Lord ministered to my spirit from 2 Kings 15. From the 8th through the 30th verse, there's a continual series of assassinations, murders of the kings who ruled in Israel. I knew immediately what God was speaking to me, or so I thought, and began to pray against assassinations. That scripture and the word assassination stayed with me the entire day. On Saturday, January 2nd, during my prayer and devotion time, again, the Holy Ghost would not release me from that one word, assassination. I felt I needed to seek corporate prayer and agreement concerning this matter. So what do I do? 
I went on Facebook. Although I'm not doing Facebook as I once had, I thought surely there would be enough Christians who would see the post who would agree with me because we would not want an assassination of one of our presidents that would be willing to agree with me in prayer against it. As a young girl, I was only 13 years old when John Kennedy was assassinated. I was in school that day and after the announcement, even though school was not dismissed, no one went to class, but we, re we remained in the schoolyards holding one another, crying. The next day, the newspaper headlines read, The Shock Heard Around the World. The U.S., along with the rest of the world, was devastated. That included our allies as well as our enemies from other nations. It included Democrats as well as Republicans. Everyone was crushed as we watched Jackie Kennedy walk in the solemn funeral procession and then literally broke down when little John John saluted his father's coffin. It was truly a sad day for America. No one in their right minds would ever want to see that again. You would think that everyone would agree to that, right? You would think that everyone, no matter their political differences, would be willing to pray and believe, right? You would think, especially Christians, Bible-toting, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, wanting to win souls for Christ, abortion-slash-murder-hating Christians would want to pray that our president, no matter who he was, would not be killed. You would think that every Christian who claims to have this wonderful relationship, this great prayer life with the Father, the very ones who are hearing him so clearly as to what he wants them to do during these political stressful times would want to pray against assassination attempts. Right? Wrong. The word shocked would not adequately describe the emotions that I experienced when I began to read the responses to that post from these spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Bible-toting Christians. So many Christians have added an entirely new level to the word hypocrisy. I felt I was being bombarded with bricks from the accusations, allegations, and criticisms over the fact that I asked for prayer against an assassination attempt. But it was not only okay, but right in their eyes for their responses because I specifically named Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Oftentimes I see posts that I don't like or agree with. I use the options that are afforded me, which are ignore it, or deleted from my page. However, these Christians decided that it was their place to accuse and deride me because I specifically named these two people in the request for, of all things, prayer. Of course, they justified their refusal and opposition to prayer for these people by saying that the two names are for abortion, which means that they're murderers. So don't pray for those who are on death row for murder, that they might receive salvation. And as far as Kyle Rittenhouse is concerned, the prayers and money raised for the murders he committed are to be totally ignored. That just doesn't count. After all, it wasn't abortion that he committed, just murder. 
Let's take a side trip for just a minute concerning abortion. I cannot say this enough. Some people just don't get it that abortion is not the only sin. And if you think that your stand on abortion is what's going to get you into the kingdom of God while you're holding such hatred in your hearts, then think again. Let me add that the clinics that so many are so desperately wanting to close down that are called abortion clinics are actually women's health clinics. These are the same clinics whose main objectives for poor white black as well as brown women who have no health insurance to have a place to go for their pap smears, breast exams, prenatal care, among other female-related care that is done. Don't throw the baby out with the bath water. But so many are stuck on the phrase abortion clinics that they don't see the complete objective of these places. What so many don't realize is that abortions are done daily in most, I repeat, most private hospitals all over the U.S. I guarantee you, whatever hospital you, your wife, daughter, or mother is going to is doing abortions. Maybe not your doctor or her doctor, but even if they don't, the hospital they practice at does. Pause and think about that for a minute. So go ahead and try to start closing down some of these big name hospitals that are doing abortions. The clinics that are targeted are not solely for abortions. In fact, in a study done by the Washington Post, it found that if the clinics that are termed as abortion clinics only 3% of their services are actually abortions. That does not make it right. It doesn't mean that I'm for abortions. But again, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Of all the services offered at these clinics, 97% are for women's health. 9% are for cancer screening services. So if you want to get rid of abortion clinics, make sure you get rid of that too. 34% are contraceptive, uh, contraceptive services. We can get rid of that so that the unplanned, unwanted pregnancy rate can go up. 42% for STUs and STD testing and treatments, with the remaining 12% being termed as other women's health services. And before you say that your tax dollars don't go to private hospitals, yes, they do. We need to know what we're talking about before we open our mouths and especially before becoming a part of something that will lead to being out of the will of God. I understand abortion has never been in the will of God. And I already know that some are going to say that Sister B supports abortion. That is not true. I am 100% against abortion. But again, as I keep saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We need to understand what we're doing and what we're saying before we get into it. And before we get to a place where we don't know how to get out of it. It's the same way with the phrase, defund the police. 
So many automatically assume that they know what this means because someone on Facebook said it means to do away with police totally. Defunding the police does not mean don't have police or take all funding from police. It means to take funds as well as police from a particular department or area to assign it and them to places where police would be retrained, retaught, even given new skills in order to handle the mentally ill and volatile situations in ways that will not lead to death. This is especially imperative when killing seems to be the only alternative to many police when dealing with black and brown people. But again, everyone is totally against the thing because they haven't done the research for themselves. I saw a post on Facebook once that showed a picture of Barack Obama. As soon as I saw the photo, I knew it wasn't him. However, the caption read that it was him making backroom deals with our enemies. At the bottom of the picture was the word satire. It also had a link to its website, which stated that nothing, nothing that it posted was to be taken seriously. The entire purpose of the site was for irony, humor, and exaggeration. Yet the person who posted the picture had also added their own words in accusations against Barack Obama. This is just how the enemy is able to dupe so many into believing the lies. But the saddest thing about that is the fact that one must not be only willing to be duped, but actually warning, wanting to accept and believe the lies as opposed to the truth. It's what they want to believe. When Jehoshaphat joined covenant with Ahab, even though he asked for counsel from the Lord, after hearing God's pronouncement against Ahab, he still made the decision to join the wicked king in his battle and it nearly cost him his life. We need to think about that. When you decide, even after hearing God is saying no to a thing, but you insist on doing that thing anyway, it's going to cost. There were some who went to Washington last Wednesday and joined forces with those who desecrated our state capital. They joined forces with those that God had already determined that they would come to their end. Some of these people will spend years away from their homes and lives locked up in federal prison. It means that husbands, wives, children, parents, friends, and jobs will continue their lives without them. Mates will divorce and remarry, and their children will be raised by another woman or man. One person said that he's ready to die a violent death for what he believes in. Before following some like, someone like that, you'd better be sure of what he believes and why he believes it. Then you'd better be sure that that's the way God is leading you. Because when you follow someone like that, believing what they believe, you'd better be ready to receive what they're going to receive. You'd better be ready and be sure that God is leading you that way. What I've come to realize is that the assassination that God spoke to me was not against a man, 
but against this entire nation. There has been an attempt to assassinate this country, and the attempt has been made by Christians. We have literally cut off our nose to spite our face. How could Christians who claim to be so holy and yet filled with such hatred, God's word, at least the word that God gave me in the Bible says, to bless those that curse you, pray for those that despitefully use you, and do good to those that hate and persecute you. It says to love your enemies and forgive them. It doesn't say I have to be friends with them. It doesn't say that we need to agree, but I do need to forgive and not hate. That's what Jesus said. Many are saying that this is their nation and they're taking it back to make it great again. They want to make it the Christian nation it once was. Jesus left a place and hid himself when they wanted to come and make him king by force. And why would God be interested in ruling over a physical place when he can't even rule in our hearts? Wearing the title and saying that you're a Christian doesn't make it true. Christian means to be Christ-like, to be, live, and act like Christ. In John 18, when Caesar asked Jesus, was he king? It reads in the 36th verse, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. His kingdom is within us. That's where Jesus is Lord of lords and King of kings, within our hearts, minds, and spirits. And it's not just because we say he's there. It must be a matter that he's actually living within us according to his will. My son called me about a dream he had. In the dream, I'll only share a small portion of it, there were some builders that wanted him to see the work they'd done that they seemed to be very proud of. They brought him to a cafeteria that they had worked on where students had eaten, but it looked as though there had been a food fight. The floor was full of food and liquids, and he said it looked absolutely nasty. My son said in the dream, one or two people, students came in, one behind the other. Each student looked at the filth on the floor and decided they wanted no part of eating in such filth and left. The Lord spoke to my spirit and said, this is the way it looks to people when they look at Christianity. The builders, of course, represent those that are in charge of building God's kingdom. They're very proud of the work they've done. But when others view it, they see the mess and filth. The food represents the word of God, which is supposed to be fed to new converts. That's what the two students represented, young converts ready to be taught, fed, and to eat the word of God. This is the way it will be when we decide we want to feed new converts from the Bible. After what is occurring in this hour, no one will want what we have to offer. To so many, the word of God will be totally unappetizing and nothing to be desired. No one will want to become or even be called a Christian. As I stated in an earlier podcast, Christians are destroying Christianity and we will all have to stand in judgment for our part in it.
We're absolutely ruining and besmirching the name of Jesus. There's only one unpardonable sin, and that's blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Speech and words that are injurious to his divine majesty that cause damage and are detrimental to the name of the Holy Ghost. Think about that for a minute. This food slash word fight that's been taking place on Facebook, from the pulpits on Sundays, through the televangelists on radio, television, YouTube, and anywhere else they can get an audience in the name of Christ is literally blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. So many have tread into territories that they have no idea of by following Donald Trump by following these televangelists and radio personalities that God never, ever called. You followed them in and now don't know of any way out. There were many pastors this Sunday gone who were, as they say, Trumpers. And after Wednesday, they are speechless totally speechless. They don't know what to say, how to respond, or what to do because they followed a man as opposed to hearing and following the word of God. And the worst part about that, they will not admit or even attempt to apologize or repent. Christians don't want to pray for someone so that the person would not be killed, but you'll pray for an animal with no soul. Christians will listen and follow someone that says don't wear a mask and it's wrong not to come to church even though there's COVID. People at church with COVID. And then when people catch it and are dying, they want everyone to feel sorry and pray. God gives us wisdom. There were certain diseases in the Bible where people were not only quarantined, they were not allowed to be around others in any way, form, or fashion. Even kings were placed in separate houses when they had leprosy. There were areas that people did not frequent because of diseases. We must use the wisdom that God has given us. If Jesus had not healed the woman with the issue of blood, when she touched him, she would have been stoned to death once the people found out that she had the issue. Infected people, no matter what the infection was, were not to be around the uninfected. People are saying things like, well, if you can go to Walmart, you can go to church. If I go to Walmart, because I usually use the grocery pickup, but if I go to Walmart, if I have to go to Walmart, I am not in Walmart for two, three, or four hours. I am not in Walmart in other people's face. I am not in Walmart hugging people, laughing and talking with people, and especially I will not be in Walmart around people who are not wearing masks the same way people in church are not wearing masks. What's wrong with us, people? 
We as Christians must learn to think for ourselves and just not listen to all of the rhetoric. It was Christians who marched on the Capitol, swung from the portals, broke into the offices, and yes, even murdered, and then justified what they'd done because of a man that God never, ever ordained. How many of you will burn in hell for what you have done? No, it's not just your support of Donald J. Trump. Maybe that's just your politics. But for the part that you have played that has caused and will cause so many souls that were supposed to come into the kingdom to say, no, it looks too nasty, too messy, too unappetizing, and full of filth, for that you will be judged. You use the word of God for your convenience to accomplish your own goals hidden agendas, and selfish acts, and with your own self-serving motivations. Christians have made a mockery of the word of God. It's been used to prove who's right in their own self-righteousness when there is no one right but God. My spirit literally screams in pain for what's happening in the body of Christ right now. As I said in an earlier podcast, I don't believe there's been this much damage to Christianity since the Crusades. How can we, as Christians, stand before the world declaring our love for Jesus, yet hating someone enough to want to see them dead? How can we, as Christians, stand before the world using God's word to justify our own sin? It's downright blasphemy. What makes Christians or gives them the right to decide if someone is or is not a Christian? Who died and left some of you as God? What makes you think that you can determine one's relationship or connection to God through your own judgments? Who gave you the right to decide who should and should not die? Joe Biden, as well as Nancy Pelosi, are Catholics. I heard more requests for prayers, comments pertaining to prayers, and yes, even actual prayers from the two of them than I've ever heard from Trump or Pence when they were not at a prayer breakfast or just a simple God bless America. Yet that's still not a level or standard by which one's Christianity or relationship with God should be judged. In actuality, no one has the right to decide the quality of another person's connection to the Father. However, when I look at an individual's character, morals, honor, and integrity, for me, that speaks volumes. When I look and see absolutely no fruit of the Spirit whatsoever, for me, that sends a big red flags. It's a warning a caution, a notification not to trust them. When I see no evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, no love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness, no long-suffering, patience, or self-control where Christianity is being professed, yet there's no ethics or morality visible, it lets me know that this person isn't what or who they say they are. Christian after Christian has ignored the alerts sent by God himself to step back from this man. 
You have been warned again and again, but still too many have refused to let go of this modern day Ahab. And because of this, an entire generation is turning away from Christianity. The addendum, the added word that God gave me this year for the prophecy he spoke to me for 2021 was one of admonishment. He said that if we were not willing to accept reform, then the chastisements will continue. As Micaiah, the prophet said, mark my word. Even now, the year has just begun and already we're seeing more deaths from COVID than since the beginning. We're seeing the worst political unrest since the Civil War, which is actually exactly what Satan wants. It's also what the enemy of this nation wants. This is one of the reasons Putin and Russia interfered in the 2016 presidential election so that this man would be elected. But there was no uprising then because it was part of the plot of the enemy and Christians had already been duped by him. The big televangelists, the big right-wing conservative, ultra-conservative newscast were already saying that Trump was the man. They were lying to Christians that Trump was God's man. They knew that he was in no way presidential material and that he would lead this nation to a level that they hoped we could never return for, but still Christians bought into it. Putin and the world could see the lack of character, morals, ethics, and integrity in Donald Trump in spite of everyone yelling about him stopping abortions or recognizing Jerusalem as the capital. According to every word, Every book and study concerning the entrance of Satan, it would be when he would stand in Jerusalem and proclaim it as the capital. The enemy has played you well. Satan, as well as Putin, would love for war to break out in this nation, and the so-called Christians are playing right into their hands. All of these plots and plans are based on the lies of the enemy. And you who call yourselves Christians are foolish enough to think if you say that it's in the name of God and country that that will make a difference in the lie. It's so sad seeing what's occurring right now. It's incredulous to see the Facebook post asking for prayer for the nation when the situation that the nation is in has been by their very hands. Second Chronicles 714 is posted two, three, four times a day, but yet it's as though the last part of it, the part that says to turn from our wicked ways is not even there. And even with that, how can one ask to pray for one thing, but yet when asked to pray for the person over that thing, the prayer is not only rejected, but there's indignation, resentment, and bitterness concerning the request for that prayer. I don't get it. How can you ask for prayer for a nation, but resent and deny prayer for the president over the nation you want prayer for? The Bible, well, the one I read, directly commands us to pray for the leaders of our nation. First Timothy 2, 1 through 4 reads, I urge then, 
first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. But I guess for the ones that call themselves Christians, their Bibles don't have that. As I continually state, I have prayed for every president, including Donald Trump, since I knew what it was to call myself a Christian. As a very, very young Christian, I learned to pray for people that I didn't necessarily like or love, and even people who had come against not only me, but my children as well. How can one pray, communicate with God, talk to God, and allow God to talk back to them, or at least they say God is speaking to them, and yet have such hard hearts concerning prayers for a soul? literally refusing to pray when not only asked to, but are supposed to. It could be understood if asking for prayer at that time was for something ungodly or sinful. It's not as though we're praying for God to kill our enemies, but, but wait, Christians do that too. In spite of what the word teaches us concerning forgiveness, we still want them dead. Going into the Capitol building with hand ties, Molotov cocktails, and bombs, but we're Christians. Those that want to justify or support what's been done are saying, but look at the riots in the summer. I could give so many reasons on so many levels why it's just not the same, not even close. But let's just agree for a moment that sin is sin and wrong is wrong. There were people during the demonstrations over the summer that stood hand to hand, shoulder to shoulder, to protect other people's property from being damaged. There were those that would not allow others to bring damage and carnage and were literally against those that tried. Not one demonstrator at the Capitol building attempted to stop anyone from doing the damage and destructions they were bringing about, and they called themselves Christians. The deaths connected to the summer de demonstrations were Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Atiana Jefferson, and the list could go on and on. But these were the lives that the demonstrations were about, lives unjustly taken by police because for so many, black lives just don't matter. But again, you call yourselves Christians and don't have a problem when lives are unjustly taken and no one is held accountable. I know without a doubt that this is not every Christian, but it shouldn't even be one. I have all but deleted my Facebook page because of the hatred, bitterness, anger, and lies that I have seen posted by Christians. But again, we call ourselves Christians. What people are doing in the name of Christianity, I assure you, they will stand in judgment and give an account. Someone posted that Washington, actually they said Joe Biden and others are now putting things in place concerning Christians to keep them or prevent them from doing and accomplishing certain things. Of course, the person went on to say, 
how wrong this was and this is what Satan wanted and this is revelations, etc., etc. Guess what? If this is true, big if, if this is true, it's Christians that have brought this about. It's Christians that make others afraid and feel that they're not trustworthy or that they're to be watched as a terrorist group. Does that sound ludicrous? Then ask the Proud Boys, the KKK, the National Alliance, and just about every white supremacist organization who support not only racism, but the taking over of this nation by force. This is what they not only believe in, but are consistently working towards. And they all profess Christianity and use the word of God in attempts to prove that what they say and believe is right. It's Christians that make other feels that they're anarchists, terrorists, Nazis, and agitators. And after what happened on last Wednesday, January 6th, the people are absolutely right in their thinking. And we call ourselves Christians. We have no one, absolutely no one to blame for what's coming against Christianity but Christians. If every Christian was rounded up and placed in prison camps, these people and groups would be the reason why. I would love to say differently, but unfortunately, things are about to get worse. Mark my words, wait and see. Some might be saying, wow, Sister B, that was hard and heavy. If you wanna see hard and heavy, Read what some of the prophets spoke to the people of God in the Bible. And until God says otherwise, I will continue to speak and share the word he gives me as a prophet. I will not keep silent over the disgust and the revulsion that I feel in my spirit, man, and what I believe God is speaking concerning Christianity right now. If ever I understood being grieved in my spirit, truly, I am grieving at this time over Christians. Shame on each and every one of us. Shame on us all. <laughs>